Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's the Cindy Adams Show, 77 WABC. I am about to speak to Eric Bogosian. Eric Bogosian has just done An Evening with Eric, One Night Only. It's written by and starring Eric Bogosian. He's an author, an actor, a Shakespearean festival writer. He's the book writer. He's a novelist. He's everything. What is this evening with Eric? What is it? Yeah, what did you do? What was it? Well, I, you, you know, back in the eighties and nineties, I used to do these solo shows and I, I just grabbed a bunch of monologues from those shows and I did them so that I could do a benefit for this lovely theater chain theater, uh, which is on 36th street. And like a lot of the smaller theaters right now, uh, you know, the, the COVID, the pandemic really, uh, put them through some of their paces and they need a little help. And, uh, I like these people a lot. They're, uh, they're a new theater that's on, on the scene in New York. And, uh, I just wanted to do something for them. So I said, guys, what do you think about, I put a night together for you and we'll, uh, I'll get out and I'll do the old chestnuts. I haven't done this stuff since uh, for about 10 years. I think you've been to all of them, Cindy, back <laughs> yeah. in the in the day. I've gone back uh, to Shakespeare, honey. So are you going to do this around the country and other cities as well? No, no. I mean, in the 80s and 90s, I did a lot of touring of this stuff. And uh, then around 2001, I winded it down. And lately, I've just been doing stuff on uh, film and television work. Uh, currently, I'm on a TV series called Interview with the Vampire on AMC, I play the interviewer, and uh, but some uh, theaters are doing uh, my old work. Uh, um, uh, let's see what what is going on. Andre I don't know. Royo, you're everywhere. You're everywhere. Andre Royo is going to be doing some of my solo stuff in the spring uh, with, at the Minetta Lane, and uh, that's Drinking in America, which is a show I did back in '86. And another theater called the Black Box Theater is doing one plus one at the Soho Playhouse. So tell, tell it, me, it's fun. Tell me, you, you're everywhere. You've done something in every medium. You've also done a book or that, that turned into a, a movie that Oliver Stone made. It was called Talk Radio, which is what this is at this moment. What, yeah. there, what is there about us to write a book about talk radio? Well. Since the film came out and since I did the play back in the, I guess that was the eighties, the late eighties, uh, obviously talk radios had a big influence on our, on our political system. I, I I wasn't thinking about that at the time. I was more just thinking about, and I, and I think this applies to our whole political system today, how people will go to any length to get success, even if they have to say, nasty things on the air or if they 
if they have to. In the, in the case of the Rush Limbaugh, who I think was a war criminal, incite a war and uh, cheerlead a war, uh, the, the, you know, it's like, this gets my numbers up, great, I'll do it. And, and uh, this is sort of the nature of our mass media today is, you know, or, or even the politics, do or say whatever it is you need to do or say to get, you know, people to start following you around, even when it doesn't even make any sense what you're saying. Eric, you have so many awards. You are famous in a great many areas. Can you remember your very first acting gig, your tryout, when you, when you, when you made an audition? Well, I wasn't a very good auditioner when I started out, so I, I kind of, I have to say it was, it was pretty dismal. But the <laughs> first time that I had an audition that actually worked in my favor was for Miami Vice in 1984. And um, I, was, I was elated. I got something like six or seven lines, and they flew me down to Miami, and I was, I was in heaven that I had actually landed a job. So were you any good at what you did on your first shot? <laughs> I don't know. I think it took a while. I was, I was always very spirited on stage. And then I was told that when you do film and TV, uh, you should take it down a notch. I think that was a big mistake. And then I eventually learned I just have to do what I do and uh and uh, let the chips fall as they may and that and by the time i did talk radio in 88 with oliver stone uh i was I, I had found my my pace and my style of you know just do the same thing on film that i do on stage um more recently i've been fortunate to be on some of the very interesting tv shows like billions or succession I, I got to do this movie with adam sandler that was so much fun uncut gems and You've now done interview a lot. with You've the vampire how, yeah, how, did you, done... how did you get into acting to begin with how where in school yeah i grew up in a kind of a working class town up outside of boston woburn massachusetts and um I had never been to a play or anything. I didn't know anything about that stuff. But our <laughs> English teacher in the 10th grade, he said, uh, today we're going to do a play. We're going to do Romeo and Juliet. And I played Capulet, Juliet's dad. And I just loved it right away. And uh, so I, the very first thing I ever did was Shakespeare. And I said, how do I get to do some more of this stuff? I said, well, there's a, there's a theater club in our school. And I was really no good at anything. I was no good at sports or anything. And I went and I started doing the theater club. We had a wonderful teacher named Dot McCausland, and she was so supportive. I mean, it says a lot about teachers, I think, that they can change your life. And, and she encouraged us, and she encouraged me, and, and I fell in love with acting. I just I, I can't think of anything I love more than, than doing it other than my, my wife and my kids and my can, grandkids. Can you tell me if a story is told best on television or on movies? or on stage. They all take different lifestyles. I just don't know where an, a writer can take can tell best. Well, I, I know one thing, and a lot of people in the business know this, is that people who write for the stage, which is basically usually dialogue, are usually very good at writing television. And you see a lot of people moving from stage 
the TV shows. In fact, uh, our showrunner on the on the interview with the vampire, Roland Jones, uh, it was a, a very successful playwright, and then he moved to TV. And you see that a lot of the time because if you've got those chops, you can you can write TV. What about how how does it work if you if you have written a novel that is adopt, adapted into a movie? Then it gets into the hands of the director or the producer or a screenwriter. Sometimes you would lose your mojo, wouldn't you? Wouldn't it get taken over by the other people in the crafts? All the time. I well, think. Uh, how does it work? The... I don't know how it works. Well, I mean, as soon as you move from the single person writing the, the book or writing the play to the committee, which is the, the movie production company and the, the director, and everybody's got something to say, then you're making something by committee. And then I don't think that's, it's usually not as good um, unless you're lucky enough to have Tony Kushner working with you or somebody like that. Um, one of the worst examples is like Tennessee Williams. He, did, he had Cat on a Hot Tin Roof, and they yeah. got somebody else to write the, the screenplay, and it, it wasn't even his play. It wasn't even the spirit of the play was lost. And yet that's what most people, you know, if they've ever seen the movie of it, then they know that they say, Oh, there's cat on the hunting. I saw it. It was in a movie. It's like, you didn't see it. You don't see it till you see the play. So, um, yeah, sure. A lot gets lost in translation. Um, but every once in a while, a book, uh, can inspire a movie that's even better than the book. I mean, I can't think of an example off the top of my head, but I mean, Filmmaking is filmmaking, and that you know, I don't, I don't ever claim to know anything about how to make a movie. I'm not a, I'm not a. I mean, I was fortunate that talk radio worked out, but I got to work with Oliver, and Oliver, you know, he brought all of his filmmaking chops to this rather modest play we had done at the Public Theater back when Joe Papp used to run the, the Public okay, Theater. Okay, so now tell me ago. about the stage. Tell me about what happens when some stupid person takes out a phone, a cell phone or something. Or <laughs> how does it react with somebody on stage? I would like to kill them, but you tell me. Well, in as... my case, in my case, when I was doing the solo shows, which I did for 20 years, I did six runs off Broadway. Um, I would I'd get right off the stage. I'd jump off the stage and i Take the phone away from they didn't really have phones. You can do time, that? You can actually do that? I used to interrupt the shows all the time. I would, I, one time there was an usher bringing somebody down with their flashlight, and I said, turn the flashlight off. I said it from the stage, and they didn't do it, so I jumped off the stage, I took the flashlight away from them, and I threw it into the wing. <laughs> it was fun. <laughs> what did the audience do? Did they applaud? Different. <laughs> That's different. Yeah, you're not supposed to do that. You're not supposed to say anything or do anything. I hate it. I was at a play just two nights ago, and it was a very dramatic moment, and uh, somebody's phone starts going. It seems like the phones have a have an innate sense of when yeah. when to ring. And, and you know this. You know, Cindy, I just want to say to you, I, I think because I see you at every opening that I go to, and, and often I go to opening nights, you probably have seen more theater than anybody in New York. Oh, honey, I saw Shakespeare's original things when he was there in person. (laughs) Nothing has ever happened before me. I'm being serious here. I think you've seen more. You should be a theater critic because you've seen more theater than anybody. You know. Do you You know that? Compare it to. 
Listen, honey, do you realize that you and I, not the same year, but you and I share the same birth date? I didn't know that. No. Yes, April, April 24th. 24th. Yes. Oh, I didn't know what that. What do you mean you didn't know that? I sent word to you that about that a couple of years ago, and you never responded to me. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, I don't even I, I don't even know where my emails and stuff go half the time. But well, that's you know that's a very special day. You know that for Armenians because that's the day that we recognize the Armenian genocide. And I didn't know that uh, for years in, in my own life. And I am Armenian. And my grandparents are all from Turkey. And, uh, you know, it's kind of like a, it was like having a mark on me. They're saying, you know, you have some destiny. So I did end up writing a book about Armenian genocide. I wrote a book about the uh, Operation Nemesis, who were the guys who, this is a nonfiction book, who the, the men who, who uh, went and avenged the Armenian genocide. It's a true story. And they, they were assassins. They killed all the leaders of the Armenian genocide, the Turks. And, um, you know, it's out there in a book. You can get it on the... All you know, this happened on my online. birthday? <laughs> yes. And, and Shakespeare's in there somewhere, too. And Shirley MacLaine is in there somewhere, too. Well, surely so, I knew. But the Shakespeare, I didn't know in person. I think he's and, the day before or something. A week before. And I tried to get this information to you. And you either had a person, a secretary, an assistant, somebody who never gave you the information. I was so excited to be sharing with you. You never oh. responded, so I'm mad at you. Oh, is that why we're doing this interview? Yeah, so you can tell me that's that you're it. mad at me? That's the only reason. Okay, oh, I am about good. to... Well, tell me one thing more. The pandemic, <laughs> what did you do during it? I grew a lot of tomatoes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's what I did. And uh, during this period of the pandemic... Uh, I started working on a memoir, which I have not finished, which is driving me crazy. And I was lucky enough to become a grandfather. So I have a, I have a grandson, and uh, that is a mind blower. So Okay, I'm now on April 24th, if I am forced and I will pay, shall we have dinner together? <laughs> yes, but it's going to have to be in Prague. Can you come to Prague? Just for I'm dinner? Be, no, forget yes, it. I, forget it. I'm okay, shooting, that took I'm care of that. With a vampire in Prague, I want to so. thank you for a wonderful interview and no possibility of buying me dinner. Anyway, <laughs> I loved, <laughs> I loved having you. Thank you. Thank Eric. you, Cindy. Thanks. Honey. I will see you at the next Broadway oh. opening. Okay, I look forward to it. Bye. Thank you for having me. Bye. Bye.